Yes, greetings everyone. This is Kabaka Pyramid from Kingston, Jamaica. I, I'm actually in the uh, beginning of making a, a song that's called Stop Touching My Belly, I'm Lactose Intolerant. And when I was, you know, when I was a baby, I was really into just uh, doing weird pictures and I wanted to be an artist when I was a kid. I just want to be able to continue on doing what we're doing and have Metal Church get out there to get to the level where the band deserves to be, where Kurt Vanderhoof deserves to be, and the music that he's written. That, that's what I would like. But all you had to do was be able to make some noise and express yourself, and it was complete freedom, and there were no rules and no expectations. There was simply self-expression. Reach to the stars. Uh, do the best you can. Put all your energy behind. Whatever you partake in life, do the best. Do it 100%. Hi everyone, David here from Project Daybreak, talking about the upcoming talents around the world. Now, we have a new guest in front of our mic, but I'll let him introduce himself. Hi, my name is Joe Benjamin. I'm a band leader from New York City. Uh, grew up in Germany, moved here six years ago. Now, um, like you said, you, you grew up in Germany. That's not that far from Belgium, of course. Yeah, exactly. Uh, do you speak French or it's French? I part French. Yeah, French and, and Dutch. Yeah. I'm, I'm from the Dutch part, but I, I speak fluently French, um, mm-hmm. because I work in Brussels, um, which is like, yeah, both languages are, are mm-hmm. quite obligated in, in Brussels. Ah, mais voilà. Yeah. <laughs> Comme ça, ça fonctionne aussi. <laughs> yeah, it's probably not going to be a good idea to do this yeah. interview in French. <laughs> I think every, everyone's like, what did they just say? <laughs> yeah. Now, where did it all begin for you? Um, did you already have, like, your musical career in, in Germany? or? Yeah, I um, I started very early with, like, a musical theater production. It was when I was 11 years old. I somehow made it into the audition for um, for a musical. Uh, they looked for someone who was 16 or older. For It was like a children's role. And um, my mom got me into the audition. And from what I understand is she, she lied about my age. She just told them I'm 16, even though I was 11. <laughs> so I was allowed in the audition. And um, they immediately on the spot, Uh, accepted me. <clears throat> They said, okay, yeah, that's fine. Stop singing. Uh, you got the role. <laughs> And uh, so I became part of this musical theater production. They eventually did find out my real age, but it all worked out. And uh, there were a lot of older people in their like late 20s, early 30s for an 11-year-old person. That's That's old. And they were all, you know, professional musical theater uh, dancers and actors and singers. And they did that for a living. So that was the first time I kind of saw what this life looks like and uh, what it is that you do, you know, and, and, and how these people live. And they like took me out when they were out at night in a bar, you know, they took me with them. And I had such a great time with these people. Uh, that I decided, okay, this is what I'm going to have to do in my life as well. So I started with voice lessons when I was 12, and I was part of different uh, theater and music productions, and then 
when I was 16, I had, I formed my own musical. I did my own musical in Germany. That mm -hmm. was, um, quite a big project. And we got a lot of attention from press and everything because I was so young. Uh, and then I stopped doing all that stuff. I, I focused on school. And when I was 19, I moved to New York to study music. And why the big decision to follow the American dream? Well, uh, the American dream is a very ominous um, term. I had an idea of what the American dream is before I moved here, and that idea has changed a lot. Um, so everybody. For example? Well, the American dream is not really what, what we Europeans <laughs> think it is. Um, I also don't really think it's so very possible anymore. Unless you're white, you're 20 or 25 years old and you come from a very wealthy background, it's almost impossible to make it in this country. Uh, for, it's, it's very sad how racism and capitalism have um, <clears throat> have the big hand in this country, but that's a whole different story. For me, it was uh, it was very important to go to New York because I traveled there as a young boy, and uh, I loved the city. It was such an interesting. I, in in Germany, everybody always said that I have ADHD, uh, that I have <laughs> you know that I have the hyperactivity yeah. exactly, and uh, I was always told by doctors that something's wrong with me and my you know and they they wanted to give me ritalin and all that stuff and when i was in new york i felt like nothing's wrong with me because the energy level uh, coheres with my energy level mm. it's there's just so much happening so i always wanted to come here and i saw the studies at the university as the best way in so is it really the city that never sleeps Yes, and it's also me that never sleeps. <laughs> <clears throat> so it is very true, yes. Uh, you can do anything you want at any time of the day. Uh, and that uh, that possibility or having that kind of freedom is very important for me. I I kind of need that. If When I go to bed, I want to feel like I'm missing out on something uh, when I sleep. You know, that's the kind of energy level I'm operating on. What's your favorite place in New York? Um, my favorite place in New York City, uh, it's very difficult. I, I would say Central Park is a really, really beautiful place. I lived there for four years. I lived right on Central Park and it was, uh, I went there every day. I went there running. It's such a gorgeous place and it's a little bit of greenery within all this, uh, you know, within, within all these buildings. I don't have a chance to go there too much anymore. My fav current favorite place is a restaurant around the corner. That's a Brazilian Portuguese restaurant with very beautiful women as waitresses. <laughs> and they have really good food. So that's my current favorite place, I guess. What's the strangest thing you've ever eaten? Um, uh, in New York City or in general? In general. <laughs> yeah, let's widen up I your had, perspectives. <laughs> I, when I was in Burma, I was I drank um, I drank a water. How do you say that? A water turtle schnapps. It was it was a big schnapps that was in a big canister with like okay. a water turtle in it, and then there was a snake in it and Scorpios. So the the liquor kind of you know, 
those bodies they kind of dissolved in the liquor and then you drank that. That's pretty okay, strange. that's indeed pretty strange. Now, do you still remember the very first record you ever bought? Could be a vinyl or a cassette or. Yes, <clears throat> it's horrible. Um, <laughs> it was so. It was not a vinyl and it was not a cassette because I'm born 1989. So <laughs> I um, I didn't really have cassettes or um, LPs anymore. Okay. Uh, I bought a CD. I bought a CD by Aaron Aaron Carter. He's the brother of Nick Carter from the Backstreet Boys. It was like his younger brother, and for a year or for two years, he was really successful. He he was like 12 years old, and it was, it's horrible. I mean, <laughs> it's just disgusting that I listen to that. So that's, that's the first thing you burned to going to New York? or? Yeah, that's... <laughs> no, not in New York, but that's the, that's the first thing I got when I was 11 years old, and I loved that CD. What's your ambition in music? What would you like to accomplish? <clears throat> well, I when people ask me what I do, I never say I'm a musician. I say that I'm an artist because the music obviously is just as much uh, one piece or one part of art. So in my art or being an artist, the mission for myself, I would love to be able to play Radio City Music Hall at some point in my life. That's a, just like some random stupid goal but really for me it would be important to make a change in my life uh, that goes beyond just writing lyrics and beyond just uh, filling big shows I uh, eventually I want to be able to use the impact that I can make uh, even in political ways later in my life uh, I'm very political and I have many uh, aspirations in that in that realm, in those realms as well. Uh, so if I can make things a little better for musicians and for artists, make it easier for them, get more government funding for what they do, uh, get paid again. Here in New York City, musicians get paid basically nothing. The best musicians sometimes play for twenty or thirty dollars. It's very very sad, and I think things have to change in this country. Um, people need to get reimbursed for their art again. I once saw this this meme uh, going around on on Facebook, um, which was like a musician is a guy that puts five thousand dollar gear into a five hundred dollar <coughs> car, drives five hundred miles for a fifty dollar gig. Yeah, for for United States that that is true. But we just came back from tour in Europe, and I've I've noticed that um, it's very different in Europe. Uh, I'm, I'm, I can't speak of firsthand just because I'm not actually very active there. You know, I'm not there every day, mm -hmm. but our tour went really well and people were very willing to pay money for the tickets and stay and they listened to our music. They wanted to hear more. They bought the CDs and the venues actually give you guarantees. They pay you money, actual money that you can use for flights and all that stuff. And that's something I don't find in the United States. Um, there is a the appreciation for the art is not here. Now, of course, you went back to your, to your home country. How was yeah. how was it going back? Uh, it was incredible. It was the most successful thing we have as a band have ever done together. It's uh, so far. It was 
an incredibly fun week. We get to spend so much time uh, together, and and we also recorded a music video. We sold out all of the shows. Uh, we got very big attention from German media. Um, we were on national TV and radio, and it was unbelievable. At our last show, the people were standing outside on the street, and they were filming with their iPhones through the window. Like <laughs> it, it was just incredible. I mean, they treat you so well there. The venues, they, they gave us all this food and wine and liquor, and they gave us uh, sodas and everything we wanted. And they gave us our own room, and, and it's just a whole different... It's a whole different idea in Europe and it's wonderful. I mean, and of course, uh, having my parents in the audience was quite a big deal. Uh, I, I talk, uh, I don't, I talk a little dirty as well on stage sometimes, you know. <laughs> Some of my songs are about, uh, about sex and relationships and all that stuff. And it's not always stuff that I discuss with my mother and my father. Uh, so. As I can imagine. I thought I'm going to tone it down for the show where my mother was attending, but then mm -hmm. I ended up not toning it down at all. And I just, I, I was just myself. And for my mother, it was a little difficult to, to swallow. In the intermission, I came up to her and she said that she's very embarrassed and she didn't know any of this. <laughs> and uh, she had a little bit of a problem with it, but it took her like a day and she was all good and she was very proud of me. So all in all, it was a very successful run. Now, what else can we expect from you in 2015 and the years to come? I mean, now we're only getting started. This is this is the in, interesting time now. Um, <clears throat> in September, we're finishing up our record, our first full-length album called Swing Migration. Uh, that album will, after it's being signed and all that shebangs, it's going to be... Uh, published and get on the market next year in spring and uh, we want to add a Europe tour and we're uh, looking to come to Amsterdam and Paris as well uh, so we're going on tour with it next year in spring then we have a very big music video release on the 26th of this month the city uh, people to oh. that text and then city people that's going to be recorded in July we have a whole week of, of shooting there And we're going to release that before the album is coming out. Um, so there's a lot coming up. And uh, we're bringing out an, another single as well at the end of this year. And we have a big Christmas show in New York. So everyone who's listening right now, uh, just go go to their Facebook page or, or website to follow everything? or Yeah, of course. I mean, if you want to be updated on everything that happens, then Facebook is a great way. We're Joe Benjamin and a Mighty Handful on Facebook, and uh, we have a very active social media. So that's a great way to always have your hand on the pulse. And then, of course, we have a website, uh, joe-benjamin.com, uh, where you can also sign up for a newsletter, which will keep you updated on our tour. Now, would you rather be stranded on a desert island with someone you love for 10 years or someone you hate for a month? Well, I don't really hate people. Uh, so I would, uh, I think 10 years on an island is really intense. Unless there's a piano, I'm going to take the one month off. <laughs> so that, yeah, but you don't hate the piano. 
No, I don't. <laughs> I love the piano. Yeah, so I'm saying I can't do ten years without yeah. a piano. So I'd probably rather take the one month. Okay. Now, last question before uh, I, I let you off to to <coughs> the New York City life. What's the top three of your bucket list? Well, Radio City Music Hall is definitely one of them. Mm -hmm. uh, number two is having children. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I can't. I cannot wait to have children. Um, Musicians or? Uh... I mean, they don't have to be musicians. You know, whatever they want to be, I'm going to let them be. Uh, but. I don't know. I just can't wait to have these little hoppers around me. <laughs> Even though I need at least another 10 years before I can afford children. And uh, another thing that I always wanted to do, um, I have an answer for it. I just have to, I have to, what was it again? Um, there was something that I always wanted to do. and I've never, Oh yeah, I want to go to Bhutan And actually, I want to hike into Bhutan, over the mountains from India into Bhutan. Okay. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need at least like a month or two to do that. So that's a big undertaking, but I really want to do that. Yeah, getting two months off of the music, that's indeed a big <laughs> undertaking. But, yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, you'll find uh, some way, perhaps. Uh, no, they do those, those house room concerts nowadays. Uh, perhaps why not uh, a hiking concert? A con I, I think if I go to Bhutan, then the whole reason why I want to go there is to Be detach myself <laughs> from everything I do, from my music, from my job, from everything, and just uh, focus on being there, you know. Your, your spiritual guidance. Exactly, yeah. So I think it should, it'd probably be better if I don't plan a show. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Now, of course, thanks for making the time for this interview. Yeah. I wish you the best of luck, of course. Yeah, thank you, David. I will definitely see you on tour next year. We're, we're yeah. not going to be far from Belgium. So. Yeah, Amsterdam is not that far. So if you guys pass by Amsterdam, <coughs> then uh, we can definitely pass by and buy you a Belgian beer. Yeah, we definitely will. We definitely will be in Amsterdam. That's for sure. Okay, so then uh, we'll buy you a Belgian beer there, the good one, the only good ones. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. Until next time then. Good. Thank you very much, David. And good luck. Thank you. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.